In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. This past week, I was in Ohio. Um, I left Sunday, actually right after Mass last week, and I was there until Friday. And there were 500 middle school and high school um, kids. God willing, one day our Chaldean kids will be there, um, experiencing five days of camp. It was at a place called Catholic Youth Summer Camp, run by a group called Damascus Missionaries. It's a Catholic summer camp where kids encounter the power and beauty of our Catholic faith and of Jesus. Their theme was Fin et Colmen, which for Latin means source and summit. Does anyone know what that, re- that reference is to? The source and summit of our faith. The Eucharist. Excellent. Very good. The Eucharist, the body of Jesus Christ, is the source and summit of our faith. Jesus is our everything. And these kids were coming to know the power and beauty of Jesus in the Eucharist, that he desires to be so intimate and so close to us that our bodies become his temple. And that tabernacle right there is God. God is here. His body, his blood, his soul, his divinity. God's presence, the reality of God, all of Jesus, is the Eucharist. Wow. Can we just do wow? Come on. Wow. Wow. Like we should never lose our wonder for the beauty of Jesus. How God, look, if people say like, why would God do that? Well, why would God become man? Why would he send his only son? God, everything God does is an act of humility. Because God is holy and grander and awesome and amazing. And yet God humbles himself down. Even I was reading a a book called Sober Intoxication of the Holy Spirit. By Father Renero Cantalamesa. And he talks about about Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles and they were filled with the love of God. And he says that this is another act of the humility of God. Humility is bringing yourself down to the level of those who are actually under you. God brings himself to us. And so, family, I know, I know you believe in the Eucharist intellectually. You know, you say amen when you come up. But if that really is Jesus and his words have power to transform bread into his body, then what? That's my question to all of us. Then what? What changes in our attitude towards Jesus in the Eucharist? What changes towards our value system and what we value in this world? Nothing else can top the beauty and glory of Jesus in the Eucharist. That's the creator of the universe. The creator of the universe humbles himself so that we can receive him. So our kids, these kids, 500 kids at this camp, were experiencing the power of Jesus in the Eucharist. There was one moment where there was a solemn benediction, which is where the Eucharist is in the tabern- in the monstrance, and the priest raises the monstrance, and he blesses the people. 
As, it wasn't me, there was six priests with me. As the priest raised the monstrance, I looked all around, every single kid, boom, hands up, looking at Jesus and praising him with pure adoration, pure love. So if you believe that that is Jesus intellectually, how does that influence your worship? How does that influence how you receive the body and blood and soul and divinity of Jesus? For 2,000 years, in the beginning of Christianity, Catholics, which there was only one church, the Catholic Church, have believed that we offer the sacrifice of Jesus on the altar for the forgiveness of sins and salvation of souls. We pray in the divine mercy. Say this with me. Eternal Father, I offer you, let's just pray it together, the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Okay, right. But eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, the soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus. That's Jesus. And every single Mass, we offer the body and blood for the salvation of souls. Today's reading, St. Paul talks about the cup of blessing that we bless. Is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because the loaf of bread is one, we though many are one body. Jesus unites us. And then, 1 Corinthians 11, the chapter right after that, St. Paul talks about the institution of the Eucharist. The early Christian community, the first Christians, St. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also hand on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he, he was betrayed, took bread. After he had given thanks, he broke it and said to the disciples, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup and after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so do this. The God of the universe we are ready to prepare our souls for. Come, Lord Jesus. St. Paul says, the first thing he says in today's reading, he says, my beloved, avoid idolatry. Avoid the worship of idols. And all throughout the first and second reading, avoid the worship of idols. And we are in a world that instead of worshiping the one true God, Jesus Christ, we worship idols. And the first idol that we worship is ourselves. We worship ourselves. We care more about our image, our looks, how we're portrayed, than we do about God. We worship our careers. We worship our possessions. I worship Michigan State University and their football team. I struggle with that as an idol. I recognize how much of an obsession I can have for that. We sometimes worship TV shows or Netflix. 
You know what you're worshiping based on four questions. Where do I spend my time? Where do I spend my money? Where do I get my joy? And what's always on my mind? Let's go back to the worship of Jesus. And so spend more time. Give more money. Receive the joy of the Holy Spirit. And place Him on your mind. I'm going to transition to the Gospel now. Throughout the Gospels, we often see, throughout all of the Gospels, we see Jesus healing people. And oftentimes we see Jesus healing when people cry out. I'm thinking of the blind man Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus goes up to Jesus. He's crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people are like, shh, be quiet, be quiet. You guys know the story. And he cries out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus hears him. He goes up to Bartimaeus and he says, Bartimaeus, what do you want? And he says, I want to see. And he heals him. Or I think of the woman that as Jesus is passing by, she thinks to herself, if I only touch the tassel on his cloak, then I will be healed. Like she has to do something to be healed. And right when she touches his tassel, power releases from Jesus. Jesus stops and says, power has just left me. They're like, Jesus, everyone's around you. What are you talking about? Like everyone's touching you. But he's like, nope, someone with faith. Someone with faith touched me and and healing just happened. But in today's gospel, what struck me was this woman, she didn't really do anything. She didn't approach Jesus. She didn't ask Jesus for healing. All she did was show up. The gospel says, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward. She didn't initiate. Jesus saw her. Jesus loved her. And Jesus healed her. What the woman does is simply show up. She has faith and devotion. She's committed to God. On the Sabbath day, you go to church. On Sunday, you come to church and you show up to God. And sometimes you're going to say, Lord God, please help me. Please, Lord. And God wants to hear your petition. He wants to hear from your heart. But some days, you're just going to show up and God's going to work a miracle. God's going to come up to you and say, I want to transform you. One thing that's so beautiful is for 18 years, she was in pain. She was crouched over. She was afflicted. She must have been praying to God, God, heal me. And yet, one thing she didn't do was get angry at God to the point of saying, God, I give up. I'm no longer praying. I'm done. I'm not coming to church anymore. I've been praying for so long and you're not healing me. This woman keeps her faith. She still worships. So family, be careful If you ever get angry at God, it's often a lack of faith and an agreement with a lie that we believe that God is not good, that God cannot heal me, that God is not fair or not just. It's a lack of faith in God's providence. 
that all things work for good for those who love God, that from your suffering, from our cross, that God can do something beautiful and good from your faith and your devotion. Without this woman's faith in showing up to the temple, she would have never been healed. So again, our job, show up. Just show up to God. And Jesus heals. There's healing power in the Eucharist. There's physical healing stories all over, all over human history. People have been physically healed. But even more beautiful, healing of our souls. The salvation, the offering, the sacrifice of Jesus on the altar brings salvation. Everyone that's been healed by the Eucharist has still died. We're all going to go. Everyone, even that Jesus raised from the dead while he was living, they still died. Lazarus, right before, the week before, Jesus raises raises him up as a sign of the power of God. And yet Lazarus still died. But the healing in the soul gives us eternal life. Amen? Amen. So not just physical healing, but spiritual healing and emotional healing. One thing that, um, guys, quick story. If Jesus is the Eucharist, if the Eucharist is Jesus, my question was, then what? How does our life change? When I came to faith in the Eucharist, to me, I said, nothing else matters. Go to, I went to Mass every... I'm not boosting. I'm just saying. I never believed in the love of God for my life. I said, God, why would you love me? I'm such a sinner. I do so many bad things. Why could you love me? And yet every single time I received the Eucharist, God says, I love you. What we receive in Jesus in the Eucharist is the love of God. That you are lovable. That you are good in His image. All of those lies that we believe that control our destiny, they're gone when you receive the love of God. All of that trying to please people and trying to make these people like me, for all you girls that have crushes and you just want a boy to like you, God loves you. For all you guys that are just trying to look hard and be like, you know, I got to be like with my boys and whatever. I got to act like them, you know. Mm-mm. God loves you. Do not worship idols. Worship the one true God. Amen. Amen. When you receive Jesus in the Eucharist today. Receive him in the most like, come on, you know, like receive him. And say thank you, like, say amen, which means I believe, but also, like, be ready, be ready, 